We probably ought to record this. I know all of our fine patrons who are listening live over in our Discord. It is Thursday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. If you're a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers, you can connect your Patreon account to our Discord server, and then you can listen to us record the show live. We've just been been spending a fair amount of time talking about Hollywood, some movies, and reliving our childhood with the Shuttle Disaster and scary movies that we would watch at night during the 80s. And then some crazy film that J. Michael T. fell in love with called The Villain <laughs> that apparently had a, a Tex Avery involved in it and starred Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kirk Douglas, and uh, who was the other person I said? Kirk uh, and Douglas. And Margaret. But we're not here to talk about any of that. If you want to hear that conversation, you need to become a patron at the silver level or higher. Connect your Patreon account to our Discord server and then come in and hang out with us Thursday nights, 8 o'clock p.m. Central. No, we are here to talk booster. I'm sorry, blue and gold number five from Dan Jurgens and Ryan Sook. This is out this week from DC Comics. This is the fifth installment of an eight issue miniseries, which is I'm glad it's eight because after I read issue four, I was like, this feels like a lot of filler issue right here, and I'm not super happy with uh, <laughs> issue four. Uh, but, uh, overall, I will say I have enjoyed this series, uh, mm-hmm. blue and gold. Number five has what's this, uh, Omnizon is the, the villains villainess's name. She's yes. coming to earth saying that, Hey, earth is in our empire and, uh, you know, earthlings need to bow down to us and booster and beetle are like no way lady. And they've been having fights and this time they get, uh, siphoned away to Omnicron's uh, home planet. <laughs> Omnizon. Oh, also Rip Hunter uh, shows uh, up. Uh, Booster Gold's son shows up. Yep. Spoilers. So spoiler alert for those of you who didn't know at this point, 12 years later, 15 years later, that uh, Rip Hunter was Booster Gold's son. That's spoiler. True. I looked it up. It's on the internet. Yep. There you go. Uh, so what did you think of this? What did you think of this issue, Matthew? Um, when you said, boy, issue four felt like a lot of filler, my first thought was, amen, so does this one. Um, and it, I don't know. I started with number one. Yeah, I me really too. I've read the whole series. Yeah. One. Yeah. And I, you know, there are parts of it that I really enjoy, but there's, there's one part of it that bugs me and it kind of goes back to the JLI series, you know, with Dematis and Giffen 40, 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you do have occasionally a problem where you get to a certain point in the Giffen Dematis story and you're just like, well, now we're just going to vamp for time. And I know that this isn't a Giffen Dematis story, but I feel like it's Jurgens kind of trying to channel that JLI craziness from 1987. And And I think, yeah, even though we're not reviewing issue four, I would say that issue four was that with the appearance of uh, Guy Gardner uh, showing up and mm-hmm. they're telling their stories back and forth. I would agree with you there. Um, this one definitely, I don't think doesn't feel like a filler because it does kind of show the repercussions of them going out and saying, Hey, we're going to be essentially heroes for hire and people showing right. up. And then the, villain that they beat up in issue three returns and she's like, Oh, ho, I'm going to beat you guys. And they're like, no, ho, ho, you're not. And then she's like, zappy, zappy, pow, pow. Rip Hunter shows up and says, I'm too late. And then they wake up on, on, um, Thanos's home planet. Tatooine. I yeah, mean, is and- it, so is it any, I mean, they make references to some Marvel stuff throughout this series. Mm-hmm. Do you think the whole, 
Omnison and her father being essentially Thanos and um, robot Gamora. lady. Gamora. Nah, I wasn't going to say Gamora. I was going to say uh, Nebula. Uh, is that a little bit too on the nose in, in this series? No. And I think the main reason why is because they're willing to make those jokes out in the open. I mean, they're, they are flat out making these references so that we could enjoy them as well. And I, I don't know. I feel like as I've gone through this series, we do something really cool and interesting. And then we go off on weird tangents. You know, the, the last issue that I had, um, I didn't apparently read four. I thought I had, but three is the one with the, the, uh, beetle mobile or the, uh, right. What did he call yeah, it? Yeah. The bug, the buggy. Yeah. And then the, the robot sidekick. Yes. Buggles annoys mm-hmm. the crap out of me. Just, <laughs> I do not care for buggles, but you know, as I'm going through this particular issue, the thought on my mind is, okay, what's, what's the end game? What is, what is the point here? And you know, I'm looking at the cover. It's like, okay, we're maybe we're going to see Booster doing some stuff and him and his son being like, okay, well, this is a thing. I don't know. But what really bugged me about it is that it feels like 80% of the dialogue is just running gags. Yes. And which like is, Booster, you know, Booster calling Trixie by the wrong name. And she's like, it's Terry. And then, you know, the, uh, the social media thing I'm up and down on because each issue is filled with the posts of people watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I love the fact that one of them is clearly Bibbo because every yes. time something Superman. bad happens, you get a thing, call Superman. So Bibbo yeah. is definitely on this board. And we, in this issue, we do finally see a couple of the people. Yeah. T girl uh, and T girl and cat cat something. I forget what their name, what her name is. Uh, yeah, and one of cat. them's hot for one of them's hot for booster. One of them's hot for beetle. She can't and T girl. Yeah, yeah. She can't T girl. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting. That feels like kind of a, a new twist to me. I mean, I don't but think, also, honestly, I don't think there's really much that's going to develop from that. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like a right. main plot. It's going to be like a C or D level story plot. Which issue had uh gold beetle, the future descendant. Was that issue two? Not in this series. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, well, then I don't remember where I saw Gold yeah, what, Beetle. What are you thinking about with, with Gold Beetle? Gold Beetle is a girl from the future who is, uh, she's basically related to both Beetle and Booster's family lines. Mm-hmm. Somewhere down the line, a Booster descendant married a Beetle descendant. Yeah, that's definitely not, definitely not an issue too. So that must be in okay. one of the other, that must be in that Booster Gold series. I don't know. I haven't read the, the booster gold that I thought. Oh, I okay. want to say it was issue two or three of this. Series. I don't know. Anyway, no, no, definitely, definitely. I would have remembered that if that happened. Cause I like that. I read the whole, read the whole series today, uh, to mm-hmm. get caught up with it. And, and I enjoy, I enjoy this series here. Here's my take on the, the instant messaging stuff, knowing mm-hmm. booster as the glory hound, always trying to get money kind of guy, him streaming right. his adventures is totally on par with what he gets. And I like that Dan Jurgens is able to bring in that feeling of what would it be like if you were watching this live streaming with all of the hate messages and I love you boosters type things that would appear mm-hmm. in a live stream. I mean, just open up Instagram and watch an Instagram live or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And you'll see that stuff happen. And so I, I like that they brought that in. The thing that I hate in this, in this story and the continuing arc of this uh, series 
is the changing of the names. Make up something else. If if you don't want to say PayPal, don't don't you know make up some silly name. Don't call it. I don't. I forget what they call Facebook in this one, but it's just like stop. Just just don't. We know what you're talking about. Just make up some other social media name. It's Space Face. Yeah, whatever it is. Just whatever it is. Don't even try to elude to Facebook if you're not going to go out all out and just use the name flat out. Right. Um, it just, it's, it's the thing that is the most annoying, I think in this, that being I said, mean, yeah, uh, that being said, let me tell you where I think, uh, this story is going. So okay. for those of you who are not caught up on blue and gold, I'm sure J Michael T is, and I'm sure Jimbo Fett is, I don't know where just the red is Jimbo Fett. Uh, you should reach out to her and tell her eight o'clock PM Thursday night, central time in the dis- discord server. Um, here's where I think the series is going in the very first issue. Booster is leading a rescue mission to save the justice league from this alien threat that Thanos, uh, is here. And in the process, blue beetle gets brought on board and blue beetle is the one who ends up, uh, you know, essentially saving the justice league by turning off the, uh, controls that are keeping them locked up. Right. At the end of that, uh, event, Booster is like, oh, yeah, we are definitely going to be invited back onto the Justice League. They're going to recognize our awesomeness and they're going to invite us on. And then um, Black Adam is like, come on, Booster, we need to go clean up the city. And everybody hangs back with Blue Beetle and they're like, hey, we want to invite you into the Justice League. And he's like, great. We're very happy to be part of this. And they're like, no, 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 you misunderstand. We want you, Blue Beetle, to be part mm-hmm. of the Justice League, not Booster Gold. And Blue Beetle's like, no, we're a team, man. We're bros. Bros before, mm-hmm. what do they call them? Rose, bros before Rose is what they say in this series instead of heroes. Bros before mm-hmm. Rose. And so that gets them going down this, this uh, journey and Booster doesn't know that he was rejected. Right. And he keeps saying, you know, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. And we're going to be the heroes that the Justice League wants. Now, I honestly do not believe that Booster and Beetle will be part of the current Justice League run. That's already a messy team. We talked about that last week when we talked about Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, there's like 50 people on that team. But what I think they're doing here is Dan Jurgens is doing his version of the Justice League um, International or Justice League Unlimited episode, The Greatest Story Never Told, where Booster Gold is like, hey, guys, I want to be a big part of this. And they're like, no, go hold the crowd back. No, Booster, go and do this. And in the background, he ends up saving the day and saving the world and everything. And nobody will mm-hmm. believe him. These two yep. are constantly going on and on and on in this series about how they're going to save the earth and they're going to save the planet and we will get the recognition. I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to do all the heroic stuff that needs to be done and no one's going to know that they did it. Or and that's, and that's, it. yeah, or believe it. And that's the punchline at the end of this issue eight. I agree. That, that is a logical end point for the story that we've seen so far. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's my thought uh, on that. I mean, I, I, I want to read the rest of this. I would like to read the rest of it now. Um, I was, I don't know how sales are. I don't think that this is going to go beyond the eight issues. And then Dan Jurgens is going to have to slink back for another decade before he can convince somebody at, at DC to let him do blue and gold again. Cause this oh, is like Dan his second or third. Constantly. This is, this is his second or third attempt at doing JLI type stuff. 
Yeah, and well, he did. He's done two runs of boost. No, maybe three runs. Two runs of booster gold for sure. Mm-hmm. And he did. Um, God, what was it? He did something a few years ago that had booster all over it, but wasn't mm-hmm. a booster story. Oh, that wasn't the time one where he was traveling through time and saving the. And he, he was basically told that, go and go and yeah, fix the timeline, but you can't. Two. Okay, but don't tell anyone that you're doing it. Yeah. Right. That's the one that came out right after 52. Mm-hmm. Since then, there was more booster gold. Oh, okay. Maybe it was I a, didn't read that. Maybe it was one of those uh, uh, DCU series. Y-O-U. Oh, maybe. I didn't, I didn't read that. I read, the, I read the one right after 52. Yeah. That one wasn't bad. Yeah. And that's where we found out that Rip Hunter was his son, etc. Spoilers. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, here's the thing that I don't like about this issue. Mm-hmm. And I've come to the conclusion that why, while Ryan Sook is a competent artist mm-hmm. and has talent, mm-hmm. I do not like his art. And I mm-hmm. particularly don't like the coloring of this issue either, but that's a whole other thing. But I have come to the conclusion that I'm not a fan of Ryan Sook's art. I don't, I didn't like what he did with Legion of superheroes. And I, mm-hmm. after reading all five issues today, I am just like, I'm not a big fan of this art for a couple of reasons. Number one, there are times when Booster and Beatles faces look exactly the same. Yes. And there are times when if you look and I think he probably does it with Beetle too, but there are times when you look at a close-up shot of Booster and his eyes are like cross-eyed and it you can't, it's like, what's he looking at off in the distance? It's like, he's got defocused eyes is just really mm-hmm. creepy and it's really off-putting and I just don't like it. I the thing that really confuses me is I enjoyed his work when he was on Legion of Superheroes a couple of years ago or whenever that was. Mm-hmm. 10 minutes ago, sometime in the last, you know, it's March the 97th, whatever. But this feels like a completely different style and almost a completely different artist to me. There was a really clean line, you know, very futuristic. And I think that he was intentionally either experimenting with something there or experimenting with something here because the first two pages of this issue feel like nothing to me so much as Frank Quitely. Yes. Um, that, when and was, I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Frank Quitely. That's the other thing I would agree with you. Cause it felt very much like that. I wasn't going to bring up his name, but you were spot on. Well, there's some, I don't, I enjoy Frank quietly, honestly. I like, I know some people art, do. And that's why I say, it. yeah, some people yeah. really like it. I don't just like, um, what is it? Kelly Jones. Who's Batman that I hate. There are people mm-hmm. that are just like, I love, or is it Doug Kelly or Kelly Jones? I forget his name. It's Kelly Jones. Yeah. Yeah. The one with the really Kelly tall Jones ears, huge ears. And everybody's like long and emaciated. Yeah. Yeah. I hate his art style, but there are people that are just like, give me more of that. And so if you love Ryan Sook and if you love Frank quietly, then by mm-hmm. all means, you know, uh, go for it. I'm not trying to harsh your, your buzz here, Matthew. Yeah. You're not trying to yuck someone's yum. Exactly. But Frank quietly. And in this issue, Ryan Sook have, um, and I, and this does not sound complimentary, but I'm, I don't mean it in a negative way. I mean it in a descriptive way. There's a certain lumpiness mm-hmm. to their art style. And, you know, that shot of rip looking at his little time coordinator, you know, it's, it's got kind of a, a bulbous effect that, yeah, it's exaggerated. I mean, all comic art to some degree is exaggerated, but it's also 
not necessarily something that I feel like is exaggerated in a really attractive way. I feel like it's exaggerated in a way that reminds me that I'm reading, you know, a comic book in a way that I don't like to be reminded, if that makes sense. It pulls me out of the story when I'm looking at those first couple of pages. And, and, and even and that, when we get hmm. to the point when the boys are in action, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you on the coloring too, because the the yellows are are muted to where they almost look green. And when your main character wears gold armor and it's yeah. coming up green for me, I feel like there's a coloring issue. And they both, you know, I mean, they've always had them, but they both have bright green goggles throughout the issue. Yeah, yellow, yellow uh, goggles, yeah. Oh, orange? Okay. Anyway, they both have very bright goggles, and the mm-hmm. goggles are like really, really pulling and just popping for me off of the page. And it it feels weird. It feels distorted to me. But I also feel like this issue story just kind of meanders around in a way that, I don't know, it, it, I got to the end of it and I was like, well, okay, I'll I'll come back next issue, sure. But what what was the point of all this? Well, and I think following up from issue four where it was like the he said, she said, and then we get the real story from Guy Gardner yeah, kind of thing. The old Rashomon. Yeah, it felt like that with this issue. It's like, okay, we had to tell you the he said, she said, so that when we get into this this situation where they're going to be battling, we understand that each one of them is coming into this fight with a different perspective and that that perspective is going to influence how the story ends. And so I felt like that this was a uh, more successful issue than issue four. Uh, But in hindsight, knowing then knowing what I know now after reading issue five of what happened in issue four, uh, I now appreciate issue four for what it was. The first three issues of this series really good. I thought really solid issue four. Yeah. This one very good. Again, I would definitely give it like three slices of meatloaf, three and a half slices of meatloaf. I think the first two issues would have been very deserving of four slices of meatloaf. Um, so that's kind of where I, I sit on this, but I can understand where you feel like it meanders because if there's one thing that we learn about booster and beetle is that they like to run their mouths all the time. Mm hmm. And that is, I think, the thing that is their downfall, especially when they're fighting. Yeah, I would agree. And when it comes to, you know, I, I, I talked about the JLI. In a lot of ways, that JLI run is kind of the, you should excuse the expression, gold standard for the blue and gold team. And I feel like sometimes people focus on parts of it that aren't necessarily the important bits, like, the Bwahaha is great, and that's fine. But the real meat of this relationship is these two dudes who felt like they didn't fit in and, you know, found a commonality, mm-hmm. and together they're better as heroes than they were apart. Mm-hmm. And the Bwahaha is part of that because, you know, when you hang out with your friends, it's not all going to be, you know, doom and gloom. Right, but I also like I also like the fact that they're the lovable losers, right? They can never catch a break. Yeah. They're always broke. They're always looking for the next big thing. <laughs> I mean, that's been boosters. That's the reason why he came back to the, to the present was so that he could, uh, make Makes money becoming a superhero. Yeah. I'll be rich in the past. That's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely can see that. And it's kind of that point where, you know, if you ask somebody, does Peter Parker need to be a schlub teenager for you to read the book? That answer is going to vary. And I feel like do, do booster and beetle need to be lovable losers. I think that answer is going to vary. 
but you get to a point where sometimes you just want them to have a win. Yes. And I don't know if I if think this is going to be me. the win, but I think this is going to be that, like I said, this is going to be that win where they know the real, the real story and no one else will believe right. them. And, and be them knowing it for everybody. Yeah. But them knowing it and them agreeing on the story is going to be their victory. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned Spider-Man, uh, a minute ago, because as mm-hmm. I was reading this, I had to pause. They make some Spider-Man comment in one of the previous issues. Um, uh, mm-hmm. and I had to stop for a moment and said, okay, Spider-Man is one of Marvel's, if not the biggest seller at Marvel. He is mm-hmm. their biggest character. He's the flagship. Who, yeah. who is DC's Spider-Man? In which context? Because well, in universe, so we it's know different than out of universe. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think if you were to ask people who's, who's Peter Parker, most of them would say, I think right now, based on the movies and that popularity, it's, it would be like, he's this high school kid or he's this college kid that got these powers and with great power comes great responsibility. So everything that has to go grew up in Queens, but for some reason he's always English. Yeah. So, you know, think of the first 100 issues of Spider-Man who is DC's Spider-Man. The only one that I could come close to saying who fits into that kind of same mold is Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle. Yeah, but I mean, even he's had his book canceled like nine times. Well, and that's what, I, that's what I'm wondering. Remember in over on our Legion Clubhouse show, we were always talking about, you know, this period that we're reviewing right now, it feels like DC has finally figured out a little bit of the Marvel method in trying to get people to read and seeding plot elements throughout all these issues that have a big payoff 20 issues later. And Mm -hmm. it's, and we get to something like here and it's like, well, DC is missing out on their biggest thing. It maybe it, maybe Batman is their biggest seller, but I think what DC needs is its own Spider-Man. And I can't think who that is. And, And maybe it is booster and beetle is the closest thing that we can get to lovable losers. Spider-Man. Mm, see, and that's the thing. It's like when people say, who is Marvel's Wonder Woman? My answer is Marvel doesn't have a Wonder Woman. Right. Marvel, in in some ways, the Marvel method doesn't lend itself to a Wonder Woman, which is part of the reason why it's so difficult for DC to do Wonder Woman right now is because she doesn't lend herself to any of the traditional sort of bits and pieces of it. So, I mean, if you say in-universe, who is DC Spider-Man? Who's the guy that the others look to as, uh, this guy always does the right thing? You're probably going to think Superman. But if you're thinking, who's the guy who can hold down four monthly series and you know, make sure that the yeah, sales no, I'm are thinking, always there, then it's well, Batman. But, you know, when I think of, of Spider-Man, I think of you know, the, the character who struggles with, do I do mm-hmm. the right thing? Do I do the wrong thing? Do I go out and, you know take these pictures for J Jonah Jameson so I can uh, take care of aunt may, or do I take Mary Jane out to a much needed date? You know, that's the kind of, that's the kind of Peter Parker that I think of, or the spider, when I think of Spider-Man, yes, he, Mm -hmm. he can, but he also has trouble figuring out what to do with villains. And I don't think Superman ever has that right. Superman never gets to that point where he's like, uh, do I punch this guy or do I let him go? And Superman's always doing the right thing. But Peter right. still, I think, even though he ends up doing the right thing, that's part of his struggle. What do I do? Even when I get success, I still, I still lose. Or I, it's like, I think right. for Peter Parker, one step forward, two steps back 
a lot of times. And that's why I was thinking when I was reading this series that maybe this is DC Spider-Man in the form of Booster and Beetle, because they both are going through their own struggles more so uh, Ted Cord uh, in, mm-hmm. I think maybe the last issue more so than, wait, is this the one where they're moving into the apartment or into the, no, no, no that was issue three when they're trying to move yeah, into was... the, uh, yeah. Uh, and you know, Ted is like, I've been, yeah, I've been, I've been fired. I'm broke. You know, what do I do? And it's like, ah, Ted Cord is, is kind of that Peter Parker character, uh, a lot of the times. And I think maybe what DC needs is their own Peter Parker, Spider-Man. And anytime they try to introduce a young hero, what's the, Mm -hmm. what's the new hot young hero uh, that Brian Michael Bendis has introduced? Naomi. Yeah, Naomi, I don't think she I don't think she fits that bill. She's got her TV show though. She's well, she's got, got a TV, TV show, but that's I mean, that's fine. In fact, I got a press release about, "Hey, buy the first season of Naomi right now." I was like, "Seriously? Is the whole season over?" And I was like, "You nope. guys are wrong. You you sent that email out to me way earlier than you should have." So, yeah. Well, and I feel like to some degree uh, you are right. I feel like the closest that they have character-wise to a Spider-Man is Blue Beetle. Uh, but then again, Blue Beetle and Spider-Man share a co-creator. So that's kind of mm-hmm. a natural place for mm-hmm. him to be. Mm-hmm. And when you really break down what Spider-Man represents, Spider-Man is kind of that everyman yeah, hero. Every guy. I feel like yep. that's definitely that's definitely something you can apply to Ted Kord. I don't know that it's something that you can apply specifically to booster as much. Uh, the combination of booster and beetle always reminds me of sort of a, a power man and iron fist dynamic. Yeah. And maybe that's where, why they're playing up on the heroes for hire in this series. Mm-hmm. Wait, but you've got one guy who, you know, uh, wears a yellow shirt and is very driven. And then we have the other guy who's more reserved and more analytical, but always keeps getting dragged into situations because of their yellow shirted friend. And I feel mm-hmm. like, Power Man and Iron Fist is a really good take that nobody's doing right now. Um, yeah. So I feel like, yeah, if you were going to say, is anyone in the DC universe uh, Spider-Man adjacent, this is probably the book for you. Yeah, that's, that's, what, again, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. We may not too. be reading a bat book where they're, you know, they're doing that with Signal or somebody who knows. I, I don't There's think so. I mean, that's kind of one of the big, that's one of the big things that they keep bringing up in this series. It's like, um, you know, we're not Batman. Uh, we're not rich like Batman. And they're like, uh, but you know, he's got all the Robins and they're like, I don't think we're supposed to talk about the Robins. Isn't like, uh, isn't he paying off like child protective services? He's gone through like 50 of those guys. <laughs> oh, that was like an issue one that just had me rolling. So I remember that line. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you can have, I don't think you can have, I uh, maybe, maybe Tim Drake back in the, in the nineties would have been uh, close, but then I, th- but then I think the Jaime Reyes would have been really good again in the, in the mid two thousands. But yeah, maybe it, maybe it is blue and gold. And if that is something that you're looking for, we're only, I mean, literally we're three issues away from the end of this. This is an eight issue miniseries. If you don't want to buy the single issues time to go grab them. Cause I think the single, the first four issues are going to be on the stands or near the stands. Yeah. Or you can be like me and get it on comiXology and they're still full price. <laughs> right. Here's the thing. If you're, if you're kind of tepid about this and you don't know where this is going, you might want to wait for the trade on this and, and get the collected story if it comes out. Um, but I, I really enjoy this series so far and I, I'm, I want to read the final three 
issues in this. So I would say if you're kind of a booster beetle fan, if you're kind of a Spider-Man fan, if you like mm-hmm. the, the Marvel references that we've been talking, heck the story is set in New York city. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, I say, pick it up. It's, it's a, it's a very solid. And I enjoyed this issue. I like the fight issue myself. Uh, I thought this mm-hmm. was a very solid issue. It wasn't as successful for me, but it wasn't so off-putting as to say that it's going to put me off this book. Because if there's one thing that Jurgens does well, I feel like it is right Booster Gold, which mm-hmm. yeah makes sense. He created Booster Gold. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this series is one of the better takes that we at least we've seen from Dan on Blue Beetle. Yeah. So even though this is, you know, it feels like disappointing middle chapter or, you know, that that break right before the third commercial on a CBS hour long show, it's still pretty OK. And I want to see how this all shakes down. Um, I would prefer a little less focus on, you know, the the peanut gallery in social media. But I also feel like that's kind of the hook here, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you can't uh, have your cake and eat it, too. I guess the one thing that I would say that I would have liked to have seen a little bit more firmed up is boosters side hustles because over in what's the one with, um, uh, dead on arrival DOA. What's, what's that book we've been reading? Uh, human target. Yeah. Human target. Cause, uh, I think it's an issue two or three of human target booster shows shows up because he has a chain of bagel joints. And he's been jumping through time, collecting all of the ingredients so that they're, you know, the, the most authentic bagels that can be made. And that doesn't seem to jive with what's going on in this series. So I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more firming up of, of that booster character and his money situation. I think that that human target is explicitly not set in mainstream DC universe modern. And this one may I not be either. That, Who knows? Well, that's true. I don't know if there is such a thing as mainstream DC anymore. And if there are, it's just like nine Batmans going, I'm Batman. No, yeah. I am Batman. No, yeah. you are both a Batman. But yeah, I, I like human targets uh, take on the JLI better than this series. But mm. this series, I, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, this issue. You're going to okay. read all the rest of the stuff. Of course I am. It's a blue beetle book. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, everybody. That is where we're going to wrap it up this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us live in the, in the uh, discord channel. Uh, glad to see so many nice, uh, friendly faces showing up this week. Some of them a little late, some of them a little early, but we love each and every one of you. If you want to have a say, and I got to kind of giving you guys a little bit of heads up. I think we may be reviewing cowboy bebop next week because, uh, the issue comes out from Titan comics next week, but I think pretty much everyone who has voted has voted for cowboy bebop. And I know what you're thinking if you're a first-time listener. What do you mean voting? Here's how this show works. Over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers, we have a little poll up there. Not really a poll, but a um, uh, post where you can go and check out all of the comics coming out next week. And then you use the comment section to say what comic you want us to review the most. And the one with the most votes, that's what we review on next week's episode. I think there was um, only one one or two people who have not voted for Cowboy Bebop. So if you want something other than Cowboy Bebop, get over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers, and uh, vote today. Voting closes uh, Sunday. Well, we should say Saturday night, but really it's Sunday morning whenever I um, uh, get around to checking uh, who voted. So don't wait until Whatever like Monday or Tuesday of the week to vote because by then it's too late. 
Um, yeah, and so uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to hang out with all of you guys. In the meantime, be good to each other and read some comics. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.